0: Welcome to Radio KBPV, Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek, a museum complex that documents the stories of western Canada's agricultural settlement through the preservation of local buildings and artifacts among a six acre park. Pincher Creek is a town of 3,700 souls and a vast rural trading area of some 3,000 rural dwellers. A vibrant region of rolling prairie foothills the rocky mountains the Pecani first nation waterton lakes national park the crow's nest pass and the upper river watershed of the south saskatchewan river basin join us in this podcast where we present walking tours of our buildings and hear the stories of the farmers townsmen cowboys mounties pioneer women politicians chroniclers miners railroaders and so many other significant histories of this particular corner of canada Tales of, of the Kootenai, Kootenai Brown, Brown Pioneer, Pioneer Village, Village presents The Rocky, Rocky Mountain Echo, Echo. Researched, researched and written by Farley, by Farley Wood, read by, by Gord, Gord Tolton. Tolton. Early newspapers in Alberta, particularly rural weeklies, boosted their communities by promoting local potential for town growth and agricultural prosperity. On August 15, 1900, the first edition of the Rocky Mountain Echo hit the dusty streets of Pincher Creek. The Echo's founding editor was Elias T. Cy Saunders, a former Northwest Mounted Police member who had also started the McLeod Gazette and the Lethbridge Daily News, and who had moved to operate a ranch at Pincher Creek and noted that neither of the papers he'd founded could offer southwestern Alberta the news coverage it deserved. The timing was good. Local agriculture was expanding and so was the population of the village and the surrounding area. Business management was handled by lawyer Arthur C. Chemis, recently of the prestigious Calgary law firm Lougheed & Bennett. In May 1906, the masthead was changed to the Pincher Creek Echo, and that's how it has remained ever since. The $2 annual subscriptions were reduced in 1907 to $1.50 per year, And that revenue was important, but display advertisements were the prime source of revenue for the paper. The first issue carried advertisements from E.J. Mitchell, the drugstore, Hudson's Bay Company, the Union Bank of Canada, the A.E. Cox Real Estate Agency, William Barry & Sons, the hardware store, and Timothy LaBelle & Company. A century of Echo advertising reveals Pincher Creek's commercial, agricultural, legal, educational, and government sector history, and a full set of the of the Rocky Mountain and Pincher Creek Echo to date exists in the archives at Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village. The Echo chronicled many major stories in the early years, such as the incorporation of the town of Pincher Creek in May 1906, and construction of the town hall between 1912 and 1915. The paper covered civic debates, municipal elections, and town council minutes, as well as reporting economic activities such as crop and cattle reports, agricultural society events, and news from the coal mines at Beaver Mines, the Christie Coal Mine, and from the town of Lundberg. Business openings and expansions and the promotions of the Pincher Creek Board of Trade were boosted. Church and school happenings were featured, as well as the death notices and obituaries of many pioneers. Herbert Diamond was the longtime printer of the Echo, and he joined the paper in 1923 and operated the Campbell Press, the manual Platin Press, that was purchased by Cy Saunders in 1911 only once in 1915 did the machine experience a mechanical breakdown serious enough to affect the paper's deadline the campbell press was decommissioned in 1961 and replaced by a used babcock number seven cylinder press an array of wooden lead and steel movable type utilized in composing the text onto the printing plates were used in the newspapers printed directly onto the page with the old Campbell Press. All of the type fonts were kept in well-organized type drawers and onto composing boards. Besides the national and world news that was received by Wire and editorial commentaries on topical events, the Echo printed rural social news written by volunteer correspondents from Bovee Lake, Pincher City, Cowley, Lundbrick, Mountain Mill, Beaver Mines, Gladstone Valley, Parkview, Twin Butte, Fishburn, and Spring Ridge. These chatty columns, sometimes bordering on gossip, sported catchy bylines such as Cowley cullings, highlighting the comings and goings of rural residents and community church and social news, progress reports on crops and harvests, cattle roundups and sales, new machinery purchases and the arrival of new school teachers was the journalism demanded of the subscribers. The Echo's first office was the two-story frame house on the north side of Main Street just west of the downtown core. With sleeping quarters upstairs, the business offices and printing press operated in a ground floor shop at the east end of the building. Before its meandering path was corrected, the creek often lapped up at the ECHO building's back door when in flood. Cy Saunders sold the paper in 1916 to Fishburn settlers H.E. and Annie Derrett. Shortly after Mr. Derrett died unexpectedly, Annie managed and successfully published the ECHO on her own, one of the few pioneering women in Canada to manage a newspaper. In 1926, Annie Derrett married community activist Frank Edwards, who joined the paper in 1933 and became editor in 1939. Edwards was also the mayor of Pincher Creek from 1938 to 1941. As newspapers from Lethbridge or Calgary became available on a daily basis, Weeklies gradually backed off from carrying national or world news, concentrating on local coverage. Reportage of global events such as the two world wars concentrated upon local military connections, patriotic efforts, service members, casualty lists, and other contributions. Among the notable contributors were Mary Thornley Halton, the daughter of pressman Seth Thornley who reported on a regular basis in the Echo and other dailies. Mary's son, Matthew Halton, also an Echo alumnus, rose as prominent correspondent with the Toronto Star and the CBC, covering the lead-up to the Second World War in Europe and at the front lines during the war. Historian and author Freda Graham Bundy wrote many feature articles, particularly on the varied aspects of local heritage. Friedan's writings were serialized in her column in the foothills of the Rockies. In 1944, the Echo was purchased by Henry Hammond, who was the son-in-law of the printer, Herbert Diamond. Hammond also held the Mayor's Chair from 1947 to 1953. In 1952, the E.G. Rouleau family, with sons Jim and Dave, acquired the Echo. They modernized operations with offices and print shop in a new one-story building on the south side of Main Street with a three-foot-thick concrete floor to accommodate heavier presses. In the 1960s, a photographic darkroom was added. After 37 years, the Rouleaus sold the Echo to journalists Pam and Jack Gorman, formerly of the Hannah Herald, in 1989. In 1995 the paper was bought by Bose Publishing and Bose was subsequently absorbed into the Sun Media Consortium which operates the Echo today. The Pincher Creek Echo celebrated its centennial in 2000 when the Burns family of Twin Butte were recognized for 100 years of continued subscription. Today the echo is the second oldest surviving weekly in alberta in Kootenay brown pioneer village we also exhibit the press used by the coleman journal started as the coleman miner in 1908 the weekly was closed in 1911 by the sheriff due to its passionate pro-union editorials amid labor strife in the coal mines Tom Holstead fired up the press again in 1921 as the Coleman Journal. The paper was hand-set, but the overhead belt-driven press could crank out 500 copies an hour. Over its lifetime, the Coleman Journal received many awards, including the prestigious Pulitzer Prize from Columbia University. The original Pincher Creek Echo Building was a -a one-and-a-half-story white frame house on the north side of Main Street. That has recently been replicated by the in the Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village. Hi everybody, Ranger Gord just popping in here. Just wanted to close out this uh, podcast to tell you that as as of this uh, recording, September fourth, 2019, we are just a few days away from the opening, the grand opening, I should rather of the uh, Rocky Mountain Echo Exhibit. And if you uh, go to the other podcast that has been put up today, it will give you more information, and that uh, if you want to attend that opening, David Halton, the son of Matthew Halton, and grandson of uh, Mary Halton, who you've heard about in this podcast, will be attending to address that exhibit. So tickets are on sale. Just go to kootenaybrown.ca or our Facebook page and follow all of the links. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village. This episode was researched and written by historians Farley Wood and Gord Tolton. This podcast is recorded and engineered by Gord Tolton. Episodes can be found at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or any other podcatcher visit our website at www.kootenaybrown.ca. Kootenay is spelled K-O-O-T-E-N-A-I. Also, visit and join our pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more information on our museum or even better, visit us at 1037 Beverly McLaughlin Drive in beautiful Pincher Creek, Alberta.